0: You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network.
1: Welcome back to the second hour of Real Presence Live with Jack and Doreen Canelli broadcasting from the uh, our studios in downtown Fargo. Should we give a...
2: Huge sigh of relief, Jack.
1: We'll give us huge sigh of relief because we actually have these. our next guests are in the studio with us. We can see them, we can talk to them, and we can...
2: They might answer our questions. They might even
1: answer our questions. And uh, In fact, we're kind of thinking that maybe we'll just kind of turn the next half hour to them and we'll just take a break because we're still trying to decompress from the last one.
2: We deserve a break. <laughs>
1: anyway, but before we do that, Dreen, you had another one of your... Riotous jokes. Yes. That's the second time I use that word today. I got to get a new one.
2: Why didn't Noah like apples?
1: Um, I don't know.
2: He preferred pears. Oh, brother. <laughs> get it? <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay. Hashtag that. <laughs> yeah,
2: exactly what it is.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I'm laughing inside again. Yeah, good, good, yeah. good. Anyway, well, we are really happy to have with us today Sean and Ann Madden and they are from Holy Spirit Parish here in Fargo, and uh, they recently began their job, and it's kind of interesting insofar as it's kind of like a family position almost. It but, is, yeah. Um, anyway, I'm going to let you guys kind of introduce, introduce yourselves. First of all, thanks for being with us today. So
3: well, Awesome. Thank you for having us here. This is such a gift to us to get to be doing this. So
4: Absolutely, and... Happy to be here.
2: We'll think of more reasons to have you on in the future, too.
3: We look (laughs) forward to it. We enjoy spending time with you guys and getting to talk about ministry. Great.
4: Or or the dad jokes, even. (laughs) Did you know know there's a patron saint of cereal? I didn't. Yes, Cyril and Methodius. (laughs) Now, you think it's because it sounds like cereal, but you're wrong. It's because they preached the gospel to the Czechs.
2: Czechs. Uh, Czechs. Uh, it's serial
4: I, got it. It's a cereal. Czechoslovakia.
3: I go. get it. it. I uh, get it. Okay. You're good. You're good. So there you yeah. go. That's what you really need to yeah. know about us. We okay. like bad jokes. Yeah. He must be a dad. You think uh, so? Yeah. Of six daughters, in fact. We Ooh. have all girls. So. Mm-hmm. Blessed, Blessed am am I, uh, yeah. 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 There's
1: a song for you. It's called I'm a Man Who's Rich in Daughters. There you go. I don't, yeah. know.
3: I don't even know that one. I'll we'll have to get familiar. I
1: think John Gorka recorded it, wrote it.
3: Okay. Anyway.
1: Awesome. Okay, so, why are you here?
3: Oh, gracious, why are we here? Because the Lord has big plans, and we say, okay, if you're sure, we'll give it a try. Back
2: up, (laughs) tell us a little about your back Yeah,
3: so, uh, Sean and I met uh, the very first day of college, Um, in the first hour after our parents left, he kind of shoved his hand in my face, and I don't want to say it was quite love at first sight, but... Pretty much. Um, And ever since then, it's just basically been an exercise in doing the things we never thought we would do. If I say never, God says, let's go. So um, it's been 19 years almost of marriage. And, uh, you know, I love being able to say we actually still really like each other. I think that's one of the most amazing gifts about our marriage. And um, in that time, we have had six daughters. They are ages 17 to 2. So right now we're in this very precious window Mm -hmm. where uh, they're all at home for a little bit longer, Mm -hmm. and we're just really taking some precious time to close in in this window, um, focus on each other and our relationship with the Lord, and just kind of implode as a family before I know it's all going to change really fast. It just does. So um, we've done Catholic school. We've done homeschool. We're probably going to do a little bit of both here in Fargo, so looking forward to mixing it up. Um, But mostly, like you said, we've always done ministry as a family. Um, In those 19 years, all but two of it, we have done family ministry where they have lived, where we've worked. Um, They've been a part of it. And so we've run summer camps. We've run retreat centers. We've done parish ministry, diocesan ministry, um, a little bit of all of it. We've led missionary teams of young adults. And what we have found is by getting to do all of that as our family, our kids being in the midst of that they have been fed themselves. The Lord has shown up big in them, and we have young people who have relationships with the Lord, and we know that's not normal. (laughs) Um, So, by getting to pour into evangelization and discipleship our whole lives, our kids have gotten to be the receivers of that and learned what it's like to not just be receivers, but also givers and sacrificers. And so, that's what we're excited for here at Holy Spirit and in Fargo. We're looking forward to Building another one of those communities that we give and sacrifice to, but it's not—it's not without being a little bit self-serving too, because it's what we want for our family. It's what we want, what we want for our parish. So, and the last thing I would say is, we're really normal people. <laughs> we're just sinners trying to be saints and failing at it every day, but getting up and trying again.
2: <laughs> you know, um, when, 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 first when arrived, you first arrived, you—you your family led the. Holy Spirit Novena in preparation for Pentecost, I was so struck at the heart level of seeing all of you together as a family. You know, whether it was one daughter taking care of the needs of another daughter or leading the singing or, you know, it was just like, wow, this is a family in ministry. It was just such, I mean, I think that struck me as much as any part of, you know, the rest of the Novena. Because you're such a beautiful yeah. example. And we know you're normal.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah you look normal. Yeah. <laughs> but before we get on with, you know, what's going on at Holy Spirit Parish with you, because I want to go back a little bit and ask Sean, do you explain your first encounter with your wife that first day of college the same way that she does?
4: Uh, yeah, for the most part. Um, parents dropped us off. We were at Benedictine College, and they were done moving us in. There was the ice cream social, and... I don't specifically remember the exact moment. I've heard her talk about it enough times that I can tell the exact same story. But I can, I can claim the credit that I was smart enough to go track her down in her dorm later. Um, so I came back. That's that's okay. my credit. So you
1: you you were both freshmen and mm-hmm. Benedictine, Benedictine. Correct. and you saw her, mm-hmm. and then you tracked her down, yep. which is not to be confused with stalking. That's no, an entirely no. very <laughs> different. <thing. laughs> okay. Okay, well, Tracked good answer. her down, answer.
3: showed up in the freshman girls' dorm as a freshman boy.
1: And... <laughs> Ew. He, he stood out. Give me a little credit. That's, right. he stood out. Yeah. That's at do They don't, the don't
4: allow boys in the girls' dorms, do they? Uh, <laughs> they I can't speak to now, but then they did, but during curfew hours, from noon to okay. midnight. Before noon, you weren't allowed in, and after midnight, you got kicked out.
1: Oh, okay, so you weren't good breaking rule. the rules. Yeah. Nope. Okay, <laughs> good answers. Well, you're entirely consistent with what she said. I didn't know this was going to be a test. Right. Yeah,
3: yeah. <laughs> all right. No,
1: I just it's like to... the
3: newlyweds game. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's right. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, where do we want to go from here? I kind of put a little break
2: yeah. there. I said,
1: Sorry about that.
2: All right. Um, so you've talked a little bit about the history of your passion for evangelization. Um, how does that fit in? Well, first of all, what is the new position at Holy Spirit? And you know i'm you know our son had to take over a newly created position um you know just recent- you know a few years ago and and the mystery is that you're kind of his experience was sort of writing the job description as he was working the job, you know. Mm-hmm. So, I'm going to guess it might be a little bit like that for you.
4: Absolutely. That's actually one of the tasks that my job description is on my desk right now because Father has charged us with, all right, here's what we said it was going to be. Review that. See if it's actually what you still think it's going to be, and we'll, we'll figure that out. So, you're spot on. Cool. Uh, and the idea is is simple. After we got here, Father kind of gave it a... a you know, elevator speech, if you will, that our job is to love people, to inspire, to engage, and encourage them. Uh, one of the things that makes our position unique, I think, is that parishes by necessity have a variety of programs. There are things that we as the church need to offer to people. Uh, we help them educate their children. We help them to prepare for sacraments, pre- All these different things that you can think of, you know, your youth ministry, your religious ed, your RCIA, all those sorts of things, there's a lot of logistics in those. There's a lot of programs, and that's what ends up taking up much of parish staff's time. Those aren't our job. Our job is relational ministry. Our job is to be with people in the parish, to love them, to inspire them, to encourage them, to build relationships with them, and to encourage and help them to do the same with other people in their lives and in their sphere of influence.
2: Could we back up just a, a moment? I don't know if we if we said the actual kind of title of what, what
4: your <laughs> position she, is. Yeah. So I heard him say, I'm not yeah, going to do that because yeah. I don't even know what it is. Yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Could you please just, for our listeners, tell Absolutely. them what you were hired so
4: for? The, the job description, when we found it on catholicjobs.com, it was for a Catholic missionary couple. And we're like, we're intrigued. So, yeah, that we are a missionary couple or a missionary family yeah. is, is what our job description title is. And so...
3: It is pretty unique to get hired together. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. that's, like I said, that's what we've always done. And yet there was a sense of, well, nobody posts a job for that. That's not a thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, we had been entertaining several job possibilities for just Sean. And then this came up and it was like, okay, Holy Spirit,
4: Fargo? Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. But, but,
1: but it makes
3: so much sense because, like you said, we have done ministry as a family, and you're exactly right. He called us here as a family. We sat down with the girls and had a conversation at the dinner table that, like, this is God asking us to continue going together. Do you guys want to keep doing that together? It's not just us. It's all of us in, in yes. for a lifestyle, in for the Lord, and in for a job. So, well,
2: What, look do, at what this. does the word mission mean I mean, it, it, my husband has done mission work too with a Catholic healthcare company. But what? How do you define mission for the people?
4: The, that the that is the the great question of the church oh. these days, isn't it? it I is. mean, you it know, is. so our our popes and the church is talking about missionary discipleship. So, and you know, our mass comes from the term "go." It is the mission. You know, very vague, loose translation. Um, mm-hmm. But. It's being sent forth. It's going to people, not sitting in our churches waiting for someone to show up and say, here's what I need, but going to them and saying, hey, how are you? What's going on in your world? How can I be with you? How can I pray with you? What? How can we as a church support you?
1: Yeah, I, I can see where parishes would uh, really jump on this opportunity or this kind of format, at least, because they get two for one, or in your case, eight for one. There you
3: go. <laughs> yeah, I would say just piggybacking a little bit off of Sean, it's just being in the mess and the chaos with people. I mean yes. we are in the midst of family life. Like I said, 17 to 2, those are our kids. We're kind of living a whole bunch of ages and stages and mm-hmm. it is messy and it is chaotic and we can meet them there and journey together.
1: Okay, well, we're going to talk about this some more but we're coming up on a break right now and I think this is our hard break so uh, stay with us. You're listening to Real Presence Live and we will be back and we're talking with Sean and Ann Madden about uh, their job as uh, how did you missionary say it? Missionary Missionary Disciples m- missionary, whatever, Missionary Disciples <laughs> with Holy Spirit Parish, so stay with us
0: Live, engaging, and local this is Real Presence Live where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network
1: Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio with a creative gift planning tip. Do you want to make sure Real Presence Radio continues to receive your support in perpetuity?
2: number one nursing program in the nation, the University of Mary. Of more than 2,000 nursing programs nationwide, Mary is ranked number one by the National Benchmarking Service Mountain Measurement. 100% of our graduates pass their certification on the first try. And eligible nursing students receive their senior year of tuition free. Choose the best nursing program in the nation. Check us out at umary.edu slash nursing. That's umary.edu slash nursing.
0: This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show.
1: Okay, back to the show. Like he said, this is Real Presence Live with Jack and Dreen Canelli as your hosts. We're talking to Sean and Ann Madden. And... Um, before we get back to our discussion, though, I want to remind our listeners that uh, you can listen to um, past programs, including this one, by going to realpresenceradio.com. And there's lots of other information in there about uh, Real Presence uh, Radio that, are, uh, that uh, might be important to you, and we certainly encourage you to go there and, um, and um, go to realpresenceradio.com. And especially if you want to hear this show again, especially our last half hour where we kind of stumbled through it, but uh, we did it. And, but let's get back with Ann and Sean here.
2: Yes. Um, you know, I was just, as you were talking, Jack, I was just thinking about what a gift it is to have you live in the, in the station, while, you know, in comparison to the last half hour, and how really that's a reality. We need each other. I mean, you know, there is, even though, you know, we, we fumbled through the last half hour, to have people present to us is so important for that mission work that we just started talking about before the break. Um, can you talk a little bit more about that, you know, what you're going to be doing as far as engaging people and and that, you know, building relationships?
3: Yeah, I agree a thousand percent <laughs> if one can do that. Yeah. Uh, the, you know, God did not create us to be alone. I think that's the lies of the devil that we— should ever have to be alone. He wants us to be in relationship with him first and then of with each other, you know, and so much of doing this as a family, of being missionaries, uh, you know, we really just want to be with young families and families in all ages and stages and just living into that reality of vocation, that reality of having your relationship with the Lord at the heart of um, you know, your marriage and your family. Um, and we're just really excited to be ultimately charged with growing the party in heaven. I mean, mm-hmm. if Sean and I, I do that. our job well, right, that's yeah. that's the goal. I mean, that's why you guys do this show. That's yeah. why all of us are called to be missionary disciples. Like, it just is meant to be a party, and a party is mm-hmm. more fun with more souls. So mm-hmm. um, we're just looking forward to throwing ourselves in, to getting to know people, um, to mm-hmm. build those relationships, to... Just really know people who for who they are. Mm -hmm. And then I think what we're hoping to do is to encourage and inspire more people to recognize that gift alive within them, the Holy Spirit growing inside them. Um, because this missionary discipleship program is not going to be the Ann and Sean show. It's Mm going to be Ann and Sean saying, Do you know how amazing you are? Did you know Mm -hmm. that you are chosen? God has a dream for you. You are loved, you are forgiven, you are called. You are great. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, Keep going.
1: I'm feeling really good here.
3: (laughs) (laughs) And I think if more people in our culture can stop buying the lies of loneliness and separation and the divides that our culture wants to see in all of us um, and believe that the Lord has created power within them, I think sometimes we don't recognize that our true power comes from Him and that Mm -hmm. we are amazing. And so I guess our hope is just to... um, Ignite people on fire by helping them recognize that God has intentionality for them. Um, we aren't. I'm not called to be Doreen. No. If I try, mm-hmm. I'm not going to set the world on fire. I'm called to be Ian. He's called mm-hmm. to be Sean.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
3: and that's true for every member of our parish, for every person in Fargo and all of us. Mm-hmm. And so just helping create that army of saints who believe mm-hmm. in the Holy Spirit, setting them on fire, and then recognizing that there's an intentional call for their gifts. There's someone waiting for them to use their gifts and introduce them to Christ, to let them be friends, and
2: He called us to be members of families. I mean, that was yes. God's design that we be members of families. Can you talk a little bit about that in this work that you're going to be doing? What what is the family in in the um, you know in this work of evangelization?
4: Yeah, it's. It's the basis for everything. I mean, as a sociology kind of person, you would look, at it's the basis of all society. It's the, it's the basis of our church. Um, we are the family of God. And so often through logistical reasons or circumstantial or even sometimes philosophical, people are like, okay, we're going to move these people over here and these people over here. And different generations throughout history, you know, you grow in periods where the kids don't want to be anywhere with their parents. That's not really the way it's been for the last 15, 20 years. Kids like their parents. It's weird to people who didn't like their parents growing up, and it's not the same for everybody. It's not the, the situation for every family by any means. But if we can – when we would do camps, you could have a kid come to camp and move them so far in one week, but then you change, send them back into an unchanged system. And it's hard to figure out, okay, what does this new faith I have or this reinvigorated faith look like in my old unchanged context? And you feel like, hey, we made all this progress, but then when that kid is a week or two weeks later, it's hard to keep that going because the system around you is unchanged. When you move a family, when you're working with families— Things are slow. Things are messy. Things are chaotic. You know, you're in the middle of something, and all of a sudden, someone starts screaming or yelling at each other. Um, you know, and that's just the parents. I mean, whatever that looks like. Um, and so, doing anything with everybody is slower, harder work. Well, one of the one of the things that kind of struck me many years ago is, I'm the kind of person who I like efficiency. I like finding ways that work well and smooth and quickly. But I don't remember if somebody pointed it out to me or it just dawned on me, but our God is not an efficient God. God does not take the quick road. He could have created in one day, just snap, it's done. He chose seven. He could have saved us the moment after we fell. Jesus came however many years later. God plays the long game. And with families, it's it's a lifetime and we're there, but it's worth it because you're building something that'll last.
3: Mm-hmm. I think that's part of our hope is to be a part of the story of creating a culture of living your faith, being normalized again. I think that's where families maybe historically have been. And we're at a moment in society and culture where we're just being pulled in such separate directions. And when you have so many things vying for your attention to say, rather than making time in our schedule for Jesus, okay, here, look, we've created this little space To say, we are going to make the radical change as a family that the entirety of our schedule is going to bring glory to God. And it's just such a different shift in looking at it, and the world does not want us to do that. Um,
4: And what that doesn't mean is it doesn't mean that you're only doing churchy things. It doesn't mean that you're exclusively doing church, and no, we can't do this hobby we love. It's that you do that hobby for the glory of God, and you're good to people, and it you know all is holistic
2: yes getting I call it getting out of the Sunday box. We need Sunday in order to go into you know go to the amusement park, go to the mall, go to the grocery store and and you know engage in your hobbies, go to the golf course and every see everything as opportunity to you know love the other that's put in front of you, so yeah. So how's that going to look? And, I mean, how are you going to pass that message on? And, and you may not even know yet how you're going <laughs> to pass that
4: message or help with that. Situationally still. is what I yep. would say. It's, okay. it's a matter of who is the person that God put in front of you right now? Mm-hmm. What is your situation? What is their situation? Where do you find the resonance between those two? You know, Where is, is the place that God is giving you the opportunity to speak into their life? And show them the good that's already there and to help them realize the confidence that, no, God has a unique plan for you. Just like you look at the Old Testament and you see all these major players, you know, Elijah calling down fire from heaven and all these. And we're like, well, I could never do that. Or that person's an evangelist. I could never do that. I could never talk to, on the radio or talk to my neighbor about Jesus. Like, there are people in your life that God has put in front of you that no one else will have the opportunity you have. In all of salvation history... There are people in your life that no one can reach them if you do not. No matter how great I or you or anyone else might be about sharing the gospel, I will never have that opportunity. You will never have that opportunity. And so it's using your own life that God gave you and speaking into the lives of the people around you.
3: One of my favorite songs um, that definitely has a part in how we've continued to move around the country doing missionary work is Don't Get Comfortable by Brandon Heath. Um, And it just, I come back to that message over and over again, that to truly be a missionary, it is uncomfortable for all of us. I mean, isn't it so much easier to just not be bold, to not speak up, to not connect the dots for people? And I think part of where we can move as young families in the Catholic Church is to be just a little bit bolder, to step into that uncomfortable space. And when people recognize something in you and they see that your family has the it that we're looking for, that maybe your family has a sense of purpose and joy and peace that is what we're all trying to find, not because it's all perfect, right, but because when you know the Lord, you have a reason to make sense of the chaos, Um, that we need to be quick and joyful to proclaim Jesus Christ to not shy away from that moment. If we pray together before meals every night, why wouldn't we do that when the guests come over? Mm-hmm. Um, just those sorts of moments where it might feel uncomfortable for us, it might feel uncomfortable for them, but it's going to grow that party in heaven I was talking
2: about. So I love that term, grow the party in heaven. Yes. And we forget that. You know, it's, it's easy to forget that we want everyone there because yeah, we're tied up with ourselves.
3: Well, and I do think that children become such a big part of that. If you raise kids, um, we're trying ourselves to raise kids again. Some days better than others, but when you're raising kids who are just immersed in that kind of faith community that we've been blessed to be a part of in the various places we've been, they proclaim without even knowing what they're doing because it is comfortable for them. When they get to be a part of Catholic Christian communities and it's normal, they don't do anything else. One of our favorite memories— was walking down the Strip in Las Vegas. We were there for a conference, and we had a couple of our young toddlers with us, and one of them was on Sean's shoulders. We're walking down, right, this zone that maybe isn't known for its Christianity, and she just starts singing the Salve Regina. I love it. As we're like,
2: walking down the Las
3: Vegas Strip, and we were with some other people who were also there for the conference, and they were like, what is happening right now? And it's is when kids get to be a part of communities that build them up like that, yeah, that's right. what we want for our parents. That's what we want for our world. Yes.
2: So it sounds like starting with an awareness of that, you know, that that we do have this purpose and, and then supporting families in that like you said, and confidence and you know, and make it a part of it becomes natural then after yeah. after that. Yes. Wow.
1: Well it sounds like you guys have your work cut out for you and maybe we should have you back in another 6 months or a year and you can kind of give us an update on how it's going and you can uh, maybe educate some other uh, dioceses or parishes out there about uh, your successes.
3: Well hopefully yeah. if it goes well others can give us an update about
2: it. Yeah, that's right.
1: <laughs> that too, but we're we're coming yeah. up on a break but we want to thank Ann and Sean, for being with us today. And Thank you, I you hope for having we, us. And we hope we can have you on again sometime. And for your listeners, stay with us. We have a, uh, a new the newest priest from the Diocese of Fargo coming up, uh, and we want you to, to hear from him. So stay with us. You're listening to Real Presence Live.
0: Mm-hmm.